The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present Terry's Mysterious Moments. Welcome to Season 2 of Terry's Mysterious Moments. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you find something interesting. Or maybe something spooky. Or maybe something just... Mysterious. Good evening, everybody. This is Terry from Texas with another episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments. Yes, we are still on the Haunted Hotel series. One word of warning, if you hear a cat meowing in the background or a kitten meowing in the background, it's for real. I have a new kitten in the house and it's here in the bedroom with me and he likes to see where I'm at. So he may be meowing during this. So don't worry about it. That's that's not a ghost. That's for real. Like that. That's him. Let's get started with this week's show. There's something eerie about old plantations. There are relics of an earlier age. There are portals to another century. Their stories are often full of tragedy and unspeakable suffering. So it's not surprising that many are reportedly haunted. But even among all the reportedly haunted plantations there are, few are believed to be as full of restless spirits as the Myrtles Plantation in St. Francisville, Louisiana. The Myrtles Plantation has borne silent witness to more than 200 years of American history in the deepest of the Deep South. Named after the crepe myrtles that shadow the property in perpetual twilight, the plantation has seen its share of sorrow in that time. The plantation house itself is rumored to be on top of an ancient Tunica Indian burial ground, and it is currently a bed and breakfast, and it offers historical and mystery tours. 
The house was originally built by Revolutionary War General David Bradford in 1796. Bradford had fled the United States for the Spanish colony of Louisiana after his role in the Whiskey Rebellion. Bradford built the house and lived there alone for several years until the sitting president, Adams, pardoned him of his role in the Whiskey Rebellion, and then he went back and got his family and brought them to the Myrtles. After Bradford's death, the plantation went to his daughter and her husband, Clark Woodruff, but their life there wasn't a happy one. Out of three children, only one survived to adulthood, and it was during the time that the Woodruffs lived on the plantation that the most famous ghost story associated with the Myrtles is supposed to have happened. According to the story, Clark Woodruff was known as an honest man, but he was one with an active sex drive. It wasn't long before he focused his attention on one of the slave girls at the plantation. Her name was Chloe, and Chloe knew that if she refused, she would be sent out to work in the cotton fields. Chloe had little choice in the matter, and she and Woodruff began a physical relationship that lasted for a few years. Chloe, who was worried that Woodruff's wife would find out and punish her, started eavesdropping on the family's conversations to see if she was mentioned. One day, Woodruff caught her listening and ordered her ear cut off as a punishment. From then on, Chloe was forced to wear a turban to cover her disfigured ear. Understandably, Chloe wanted revenge. One night, when the family was about to sit down to dinner and Woodruff was away, Chloe slipped a bit of poison into their food. Within days, Woodruff's wife and two of his children were dead. The other slaves, afraid that Woodruff would find out what Chloe had done when he returned, took the matter into their own hands. They grabbed Chloe and hung her from a nearby tree. When she finally died, they cut her body down and threw it into the river. But according to legend, her spirit lives on. The plantation passed on after Woodruff's death, touted as one of America's most haunted homes, the plantation is supposedly the home of at least 12 ghosts. It is often reported that 10 murders occurred in the house, but historical records only indicate the murder of William Winter. William Drew Winter is also a very popular character in the plantation lore. He was an attorney who lived in the plantation from 1865 to 1871. He was shot and killed by a stranger, and reportedly, the legend goes. After being shot, he staggered inside the house and died trying to climb the stairs. He died on the 17th step of the stairs in the arms of his beloved. Until today, visitors, as well as employees in the hotel, still hear his dying footsteps. While dramatic, this event never happened. Winter was indeed murdered on the front porch by an unknown assailant, but after being shot, he fell dead on the porch never got inside, never went up the steps. According to the layout of the house, he would have had to gone through two rooms to get to the staircase, then climb 17 steps and fall dead there. But no, he fell dead on the porch and his bloody trip through the house never took place. And it's information that was easily found in historical records. The plantation went through several more ownership changes up to and including the 1970s, before being bought by James and Francis Kermine Myers, who ran the plantation house as a bed and breakfast. But from almost the first day, according to the Myers, strange things allegedly began happening. It was during this time that Francis Myers, writing as Francis Kermine, wrote a book about the Myrtles Plantation, naming it as the most haunted house in America. 
she wrote about many ghostly events occurring during her time there that apparently nobody else had mentioned in all of its history. I remember reading the book and she talked about seeing a Confederate soldier at his post on the property and various and sundry other entities that were not mentioned by anybody else, but apparently Ms. Myers was a little bit more sensitive than most. The current owners, John and Tita Moss, continue to open the house for tours and overnight guests. People go there for their honeymoons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to be bothered by a ghost on my honeymoon. Yeah. But anyway, people report about the Myrtles all the time. They visit there. They stay there. Guests report hearing strange noises in the house. Others say they see ghostly apparitions, most often of a young girl wearing a turban. Many have suggested this might be the spirit of Chloe because after her ear was mangled, she started wearing a turban to cover the scars. In 1992, the owner of the property claimed to have caught her on film. There is a famous picture of the houses because the insurance company wanted to see how far apart they were for insurance purposes. And between two of the buildings, you can see what looks like a young person standing there and it looks to be a person of color and it looks like they're wearing a turban on their head. Now I've seen other pictures that also show two or three children sitting up on the roof at this same time but when I was researching this story that picture was not in the in the research so when the owner took the picture the photo was quickly forgotten until three years later when a researcher asked to use it for a postcard. After blowing it up, he caught the image of what appeared to be a young girl hidden by the shadows on the property. According to the owner, there was no one in that spot on that day. This isn't the only time that someone has claimed to catch a ghost on film at the house. Others have seen young girls in antebellum clothing in the windows. Antebellum is prior to the Civil War, if you're not familiar with that term. Others say that they've caught glimpses of the Woodruff's children appearing in the mirror near the room where they died. Many of the photos, which, like most photos reported to contain ghosts, are a bit grainy and still undeniably spooky. But there are some problems with these ghost stories. To begin with, Chloe almost certainly didn't exist. The Woodruff's never recorded owning a slave by that name. And though Woodruff's wife and children did die, they weren't poisoned. Like many people in colonial Louisiana, they succumbed to yellow fever. In fact, many of the more gruesome events that are supposed to have happened in the house, like the ten murders allegedly committed there, also seem to be made up. In 2002, the TV show Unsolved Mysteries filmed a segment about the alleged hauntings at the plantation. According to host Robert Stack, the production crew experienced technical difficulties during the production of the segment. The Myrtles was also featured in the 2005 episode of Ghost Hunters. And the one thing I remember about that was the thermal hit that they had out in the yard and it turned out to be a, a rabbit or an armadillo. The TV series Ghost Adventures also filmed an episode there. The television series Most Terrifying Places in America profiled the plantation. And you remember the lady who hosted that show? The little lady that was the, uh, the medium in Poltergeist. 
There's nothing to say that the Myrtles is not haunted because it's got the history to prove that it could be. There's no denying that the sheer number of accounts that have been reported and collected here would cause the house to qualify as one of the most haunted sites in the country. However, as you can see from the preceding information, the house may be haunted, just not for the reasons that have been claimed for so many years. In all likelihood, as I mentioned earlier, the infamous Chloe never existed, and even if she did, historical records prove that Sarah Matilda and her children were never murdered, but died from disease. Instead of ten murders in the house, only one occurred, and when William Winter died, he certainly did not stagger up the staircase to die on the 17th step, as the stories of his phantom footsteps allegedly bear out. Such tales belong to the realm of fiction, not in the chronicle of one of the alleged most haunted houses in America. The house may really be haunted by the ghost of a woman in a green turban or bonnet. The Williams family had an ongoing tale about her, and while it may have been a story that was never meant to be told outside the family, the story spread nonetheless. They admit that while the ghost apparently did exist, no identity was ever given to her. It's also very likely that something unusual was going on at the Myrtles when Marjorie Munson lived there, which led to her seeking answers and to her first introduction to the ghost in the green headdress. Did she see the ghost? Who knows? But many others have claimed that they have. Frances Myers claimed that she encountered the ghost in the green turban in 1987. She was asleep in one of the downstairs bedrooms when she was awakened suddenly by a black woman wearing a green turban and a long dress. She was standing silently beside the bed holding a candlestick in her hand. She was so real that the candle even gave off a soft glow. Knowing nothing about ghosts, Myers was terrified and pulled the covers over her head and started screaming. Then she slowly peeked out and reached out a hand to touch the woman who had never moved and to her amazement the apparition vanished. Could this be the real ghost of the Myrtles? Even after leaving out the ridiculous stories of the poisonings and Winter's dramatic death on the staircase, the history of the Myrtles is still filled with more than enough trauma and tragedy to cause the place to become haunted. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. There were a number of deaths in the house from yellow fever alone, and it's certainly possible that any of the deceased might have stayed behind after death. If ghosts stay behind in this world because of unfinished business, there are a number of candidates to the restless ghosts of the plantation stories. And if we believe the stories, the place truly is infested by spirits from different periods in the history of the house. There have been many reports of children who are seen playing in the, on the wide veranda. In the hallway, a veranda, for those of you who don't speak Southern, a veranda is a porch. Folks down south sit out on the veranda drinking their mint juleps in their rocking chair. The children are seen playing on the wide veranda, in the hallways, and in the rooms. The small boy and girl may be the woodruff children who, while not poisoned, 
did die within months of each other during one of the many yellow fever epidemics that brought tragedy to the Myrtles. A young girl with long curly hair and wearing an ankle-length dress has been seen floating outside the window of the game room, cupping her hands and trying to peer inside through the glass. Is she Cornelia Gale Woodruff, or perhaps one of the Sterling children who did not survive until adulthood? The grand piano on the first floor plays itself, usually repeating the same chord over and over. Sometimes it continues on through the night. When someone comes into the room to investigate, the music stops and will only start again after they leave. Scores of people have filed strange reports about the house. In recent times, various owners have taken advantage of the Myrtle's infamous reputation, and the place is now open to guests for tours and has a haunted bed and breakfast. Rooms are rented in the house and in cottages on the grounds. The plantation is played host to a wide variety of guests, from curiosity seekers to historians to ghost hunters. Over the years, a number of films and documentaries have also been shot on the ground, and many of them have been paranormal in nature. One film, though, which was decidedly not paranormal, was a television miniseries of The Long Hot Summer, starring Don Johnson, Sybil Shepard, Ava Gardner, and Jason Robards. A portion of the film was shot at the Myrtles, and it was an experience that the cast and crew would not soon forget. One day, the crew moved the furniture in the game room and the dining room for filming, and then left. When they returned, they reported that the furniture had all been moved back to its original position. No one was inside either room while the crew was absent. This happened several times to the crew's dismay, and although they did manage to get the shots they needed, they added that the cast was happy to move on to another set once the filming at the Myrtles was completed. Employees at the house often get the worst of the events that happen here. They are often exposed firsthand to happenings that would have weaker folks running out of the place in terror. And some of them do. One employee was hired to greet guests at the front gate each day. One day while he was at work, a woman in a white, old-fashioned dress walked through the gate without even speaking to him. I'm assuming the gate was open. It doesn't say that she walked right through the bars. But she strolled up to the house and vanished through the front door without ever opening it. The gateman quit his job and never returned to the house. The Myrtles can be a perplexing place. History has shown that many of the stories that have been told about the place, mostly to explain the hauntings, never actually occurred. In spite of this, the house seems to be haunted anyway. The truth seems to be an elusive thing at this grand old plantation house, but there seems to be no question for those who have stayed or visited here that it is indeed a spirited place. At the Myrtles Plantation, the ghosts of the past, whoever they might be, are never very far away from the living. The Omni Parker House is considered by many as the most haunted hotel in New England. Founded by Harvey Parker in 1855, he was a hotel overseer and a resident until his death in 1884. Harvey was well known for his interaction with guests and providing pleasant accommodations. The Omni Parker House is reportedly one of the most haunted hotels in New England. Parker was heavily involved in the hotel's operations, and since his passing, guests have reported seeing him, and some have even said that Parker had asked them about their stay. Built in 1927, the Omni Parker House is a historic hotel 
the original Parker House Hotel opened on the site on October 8, 1855, making it the longest continually operating hotel in the United States. Question, is it Harvey or is it someone else? A bearded gentleman dressed from the colonial era has been sighted on the 9th and 10th floors and once at the end of a guest bed in room 1012. The spirit looked concerned, sitting there, staring back at the young woman. Perhaps he wanted to know if the guests were enjoying their stay. Could this be Harvey Parker? Many hotel staff and visitors believe so. Guests have also recounted witnessing orbs of light hovering down the 10th floor hallways and then mysteriously vanishing. The third floor certainly has its share of paranormal activity as well. Room 303 guests report strange shadows throughout the room and the bathtub water would just turn on randomly by itself. Management eventually turned this room into a storage closet for unspecified reasons. Some speculate that it was because a guest committed suicide in this room, but no one knows for sure. But what the Omni Parker House is claimed to be best known for when it comes to the supernatural is being the inspiration behind Stephen King's short story, 1408, which later became a movie starring John Cusack. That book details paranormal activity similar to what's been reported about room 303 at the Omni Parker house, including strange shadows in the room and the bathtub water turning on randomly. But that claim is false. That's not all for the unusual third floor antics though. The elevator would regularly stop on the third floor without the button being pushed or when no one was around. Charles Dickens would regularly frequent the hotel and would always stay on the third floor. And actress Charlotte Cushman died on the third floor in 1876. Throughout the third floor, and the entire hotel for that matter, guests have also described the sound of rocking chairs creaking late at night, even though there are no rocking chairs. The Mizpah Hotel in Tonopah, Nevada, is the nation's number one haunted hotel according to USA Today's 10 Best Reader's Choice Awards. That's from this week, uh, I want to say it's October 9th issue. The historic building, built in 1907, has long been rumored to be ghost infested. One macabre story claims U.S. Senator Key Pittman died there in 1940 and was kept on ice in one of the hotel's bathtubs. 111 years of rough-and-tumble Nevada history have polished the hotel's ghostly reputation. The Mizpah's current owners, Fred and Nancy Klein, in a press release say, The friendly ghosts at the hotel delight in interacting with our guests. According to the USA Today 10 Best, the hotel has many spirits, including Rose, who was a prostitute murdered by a jealous gambler. Guests report items that mysteriously move in an old elevator whose doors randomly open and close, according to the 10 Best website. The historic Mizpah Hotel was once the luxurious and modern hotel in the southwestern United States. The hotel was nicknamed the Grand Old Lady for its refined elegance and upscale atmosphere. In its heyday, the Mizpah was known across the country as one of the finest hotels in the West. Wyatt Earp and Jack Dempsey both have connections to this old hotel. 
It was the tallest building in Nevada until 1929, and it even had the first electric elevator west of the Mississippi. The Mizpah has its share of ghosts and has even been featured on a few paranormal investigation shows such as Ghost Adventures. The Lady in Red is said to haunt the entire fifth floor. Legend has it that she was murdered in the hallway. Legend also has it that the Lady was a kept woman who lived somewhere on the floor. One day, her benefactor had left to catch a train out of town, but the train was canceled. He returned back to her room only to catch her with another man. An argument ensued, concluding in her death in the hallway outside the room. No other information about the man she was with, or the man that killed her. The lady in red has been seen gliding around the hotel ever since. If she is fond of a guest, she is known to leave pearls on their bed. The Lady in Red Suite is named in her honor, and the room certainly does her justice. Even though it's not the room she inhabited in life, she favors it a bit more now, likely due to the period furnishings and overall beauty of the suite. The spirits of a few children are said to roam the hotel as well. Their presence is a bit of a mystery since no children are known to have died there. Donna Otteson, the hotel manager, believes that the children may have died somewhere else but chose to return to the Mizpah because of happy memories they may have had of the hotel in its heyday. We will likely never know for sure unless they decide to tell us someday. Regardless of how they got there, guests have complained of hearing children running up and down the hallways on nights when there are no children staying on the floor. Tugging at the back of shirts and unexplained giggling are also attributed to their antics. The children are a curious bunch. They occasionally ask the maintenance staff, as well as Donna, what they're doing. The transparent shade of Senator Key Pittman has also been seen drifting about the property. Senator Pittman is believed to have died in the hotel just before the election of 1940. Not wanting to forfeit the election, it's rumored that his people kept his body on ice in a bathtub somewhere in the hotel until after the election was over. As it turned out, he did win the election, and his body was then sent for burial. This story has been challenged, though. Nevada historians now claim that Senator Pittman actually died in Reno a few days after the election, and that the whole body-on-ice tale is just that, a tall tale. Donna, however, says that she has met with aging locals who remember the fateful election and they confirm that Senator Pittman did in fact die in Tonopah. All of the spirits at the Mizpah are generally benevolent. The most malevolent experience guests have complained of is trouble sleeping because they felt as if someone were standing next to the bed watching them all night. One thing is for sure, staying at the Mizpah Hotel is like stepping back in time to the glory days of the late Victorian era. It is great that this piece of history has been saved from decay and is still open to the public, unlike many other sites around Nevada. Well, there it is. That's the Haunted Hotel series in, what, seven parts? <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot more hotels I could talk about, but I think I've covered kind of the width and breadth of the nation on the hotels that, that I've talked about, some of the more popular ones that everybody knows about and some that people may not know about. I've enjoyed doing this series. 
I hope you've enjoyed listening to it. Remember that Aaron Hunter does Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast, on Mondays. Aaron Frail does Aaron's Horror Show on Tuesdays. That me, Terry from Texas, does Terry's Mysterious Moments on Wednesdays. And on some Thursdays, Patrick Sean Jones does The Sandman Lullaby. Remember also that you can go to your app store, whether it be Apple or Android, you can download the RPA app, and that will give you instant access to our four shows and other information that Aaron puts online, so you don't have to go through a podcatcher to get to find us. Well, anyway, that's this week's show, and again, I've enjoyed doing the hotel series. I found out some information myself, but I, I've had an interest in some of these hotels for years And I just felt like it was an interesting series to do. So I'm going to say goodnight for now. Thank you for listening. Come back next week, okay? Y'all have a great week.